All right, so uh, how's it going, everybody? My name is Eric Little, and I uh, am co-founder of The Tribe Utah. We just go by The Tribe, and I'm here with my business partner, Tanner Valerio. Hello, everyone. And uh, Marcus Wing, who he's our, he's doing our production, and he's he's our production manager, actually, and he's he's awesome. So we appreciate having Marcus Wing with 4FX Productions helping us out. So we decided, um, just barely actually, like 20 minutes ago, uh, that we're going to start a podcast. And uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that are doing podcasts these days, but but we have something to say, and, and I feel like... We've never had a real reason to, to do a podcast until now. And it's because we're in a situation where there's a lot of information out there that is not true. And we want to clear it up and we want to kind of set the record straight and, and tell our side of the story. And and hopefully there's some people out there that think we're complete villains that, that might not look at us like that after after we get through explaining some things. That's that's the hope. So So yeah, we're we're excited to tell our story and like Eric said, um, hopefully that some of those people out there that are really against us and sending us a lot of hate um, can kind of understand our side of the story a little bit more. So hopefully this turns out how we hope hope it does and and hope you guys like it and make sure to subscribe. <laughs> so so the tribe was established in 2016. And uh, it, when when Tanner and I, we, we first got things moving, we actually were hosting events without the, the like goal of making money on them at all. We just did it because we loved it. We, we literally loved getting people together and we got a lot of satisfaction out of it. And we, to this day, we do a bunch of trips and different things with our friends and, and we, you know, we have people split the costs, but we never profit, never. And if there's any money left over, we always put it into enhancing the experience. And the reason I share that is because um, I just want to emphasize the fact that the reason we do what we do is because we truly love it. And, uh, and when, when the pandemic, um, came through, I think everyone looked at event hosts that kept trying to do events as these like crazy punk rebels that just like wanted to like be edgy. But in reality, it was just like, we just wanted to keep doing the one thing that gives us so much satisfaction in life. And that's bringing people together. And, uh, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But, um, yeah, I mean, when 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 2020 came around, um, things were really about to start taking off for us. And we had we had about 12 or 13 events on the calendar in January. Yeah. And then and we were set up for a good year. We were hiring people and, you know, COVID happened, which was very unfortunate. And I feel bad for a lot of those, a lot of people that have, experienced you know you know death and other hardships with covid and we're not against covid we understand that it's a real thing and and we get along really well and it's been honestly a blessing to have him and and i'm super grateful but um sorry that was like so off topic but anyway (laughs) uh so so 2019 so the tribe got started in 2016 and we sucked. We we failed a lot. We did some things right. We did some things wrong. A lot of the guests didn't realize what we did wrong, but we knew what we did wrong. And, uh, you know, Tanner brings this huge confidence to our partnership where he's like, yo, let's book Lil John and let's get the chain smokers to come out and let's do this and that. And it, it's like, whoa, you, are you serious? And then we do it. Well, we didn't bring the chain smokers. We did bring Lil John. And it's like much, it's a bigger bite than we could chew, right? 
And, you know, this is 2016, this is 2017, this is 2018. And Marcus here can attest to that because, you know, we did some events and we hired him for some help with some of those events. And he, he was very real with us and honest with us, but he was also very kind to us. Um, in kind of, you know, are you sure you want to do this? Like, <laughs> I don't know if this is uh, the wisest approach, but I'm I'm here for you and I'm ready to, to help you out. And, uh, you know, we, we had some big learning experiences, like when we lost $20,000 when we brought Lil John to Provo. And it was, it was kind of necessary, I think, because it allowed us to grow into what I would consider us to almost be event experts um, today. And, uh, you know, and, and I think that we still have a long ways to go. But, but the reason I bring that up is because we've come a long way from where we were when we started. Um, and I think all of our guests and all of our, our colleagues and everybody we've worked with can agree with that. And so 2019 comes around and it's like we finally started to dial everything in. It was, it was exciting. It was like, man, we got it to the point now that every single event that we, we, we decided to do, we, we figured out how to make it profitable and how to at least make it a, a decent experience for everybody there. And it was, it was, it was unreal. So, so we like, you know, started hiring some people. We had two, how many, we had two, right? Yeah. Two people that were actually getting paid, but then we also had three interns. Yeah. Three interns. So we had five people that would come in, uh, you know, put in between like 15 and 25 hours a week. And it was like, so cool because we'd come into the office and we'd have, you know, a dozen events that we're all working on. And we're like, Hey, we're going to work on this, this event from this time to this time. And then we're going to work on that event from that time to that time. And, and it was, it was very exciting to see that we had so many projects that we were working on all at the exact same time. And, uh, and you know, that was at the beginning of 2020 when we were at the highest point of our excitement. And we all know what happened pretty shortly after that. We lost a lot of events. <laughs> 17 to be exact. So 2020 kicked off and, you know, Eric said we were at, we're at our peak and it looked like it's going to be a good year. And we could spend hours and hours talking about all the events that got canceled and the work that we did beforehand, but we just don't have the time <laughs> right now. And, but we had a lot of events, um, that fell through even after we were following all the guidelines and we were going to do everything to a T and, and some at those events to ensure the safety and just that we could make sure that we could prove to everyone that we could do a safe event and we lost them and we lost them all. And it, it pushed us to a point of like, this is stupid because there's other events happening and we're trying to do the exact same thing with following the guidelines and we can't and it's just discouraging yeah that honestly that you you hit it right on the head man and the thing too is like a lot of the events that got canceled we canceled them because we knew given the circumstances of the year we just couldn't do it so we weren't just like all right event one let's hurry and try and do it and it got pulled from us event two it got pulled from us event three no there were a bunch that we actually said well now we can't do it because it's not responsible to do or it's not possible to do. But in particular, there were three that really kind of got to us because we we built up the the understanding that they were doable and we understood all the guidelines and we understood all the permitting processes and everything that was needed to go into these events. 
and uh, and we knew we could make it work given the circumstances, even even during COVID, and uh, and we you know we submitted everything that we needed to submit, and like Tanner said, we actually went above and beyond um, on something. So for example, we bought a bunch of temperature readers, and nowhere in the in the guidelines for events did it ever say that you were required to take temperatures of of guests. Um, it was something that was like you know generally encouraged, and so we were like, well. Let's let's do that. Let's let's prove to the health department. Let's prove to the city that we're doing these events in that that we're going to we're going to do it right. And we're here we're long-term thinkers. We're not here to cut corners. And and the difficulty that that came about was when they were very much picking and choosing winners and losers. And it was very very discouraging for us to see because we'd be going to rodeos in Spanish Fork, for example, where they have five, 6,000 people in attendance. And, you know, they'd advertise that everybody was required to wear a mask. And, you know, we're sitting in these, this stadium and I'm like, there's literally maybe a third of these people with a mask on. And I'm like, why aren't all the news cameras here? Why, what's going on? And I'm sure they got a little bit of pushback, but, but the thing is, I'm like, oh, okay. And and I remember I was I was talking to Tanner about this. I remember specifically saying Tanner, I was like, I was like, dude, if they got away with that, bro, we're chilling. Like, we're going above and beyond on the big summer bash, and we're going above and beyond on this July 24th party on the beach. Like, there's no way we're gonna run into issues when they did that that rodeo. And I think there were like three or four different events that we went to that gave us that confidence. And it it really was a morale boost to know that we could we we could actually do what we love to do. Yeah. And I get like, and one thing was like, that really hurt is we tried to get our mass gathering permit, but we couldn't get it because we were trying to host our big summer bash event in the parking lot. That's a good point. And, but then yet corn bellies and is trying to do theirs and they get approvals and they're in a field. And so like, there's a bunch of these little things throughout the year that just, just kept adding up and just, kind of just crushing our morale and and they just didn't make a lot of sense so like back on that on that issue that Tanner was just talking about so the the way it worked was was the governor put out this uh this mandate basically that said that no mass gathering permits were going to be issued except for like when the zoning is zoned for like events basically so corn bellies even though it's a field like or i mean i guess it wouldn't be considered a field but it was zoned for um uh events and uh, mass gatherings and same with these these rodeo arenas they were zoned for mass gatherings and so when you're already zoned for it you don't have to go to the county and get a mass gathering permit but when we're trying to do an event in a, in a parking lot it doesn't have that same zoning and so we are required if we have 1001 people i guess actually no it's it's above 999 so 1000 people you're required to get a mass gathering permit and so when we were we were really working so hard on on the big summer bash and we knew that there were going to be more than a thousand people we got thumbs up from who from the fire department police uh provo administration the health department was even on the call yeah well i mean but they're like oh our hands are tied we can't do anything right now the venue is all about it we had over fifty thousand dollars in sponsorships already we were about to get over 200 vendors locked in we had a contract with the carnival we had nine food trucks locked in and ready to roll. We put in a lot of work on this thing. We had all the marketing created. 
And it was it was just rolling and everything was looking good. And we had sanitizing stations all planned out and we had high touch surfaces that were going to get sanitized and we had PPE ready to roll and we had social distancing signs. We even bought seven extra A-frame signs that they're actually pretty spendy, believe it or not, just so we could put more signs around the venue in the parking lot to remind people to socially distance. We actually uh, implemented more space this time. So we could spread out the vendors more to allow people to socially distance. So like everything was ready to roll. It was, it was beautiful. It was coming together. We were problem solvers and we were ready to make this happen. But the department was just like, yo guys, like I just, I can't give you the permit. Like the governor's guidelines won't allow it. And we're like, dude, like literally down the street, there was a rodeo with 6,000 people and no one was wearing their mask. And he's like, I know. He's like, I know. Like, Everyone understood how little sense it made, but yet nobody was able to do anything about it. So we just pulled the plug. We pulled the plug on the event and, and that happened with, with, with multiple events. And so that leads us to this, like this huge journey of us just getting disappointed time and time and time again. And we have protests going on and everything else throughout the country. And, and, uh, and we're just seeing a lot of inconsistencies. And so when we lost our terror in the mall event, which is like our staple Halloween event that everybody loves, it put us in a very discouraged state where we had to kind of figure out, well, do we just like throw in the towel? Do we just go get other jobs, which is literally throwing away your dream and the thing that you love to do the most? Or do we like find another way to maybe still save Halloween, maybe do something? And it was pretty discouraging. But Tanner and I sat and we brainstormed for a little bit. And when we saw all those like, you know, protests and things happening and the inconsistency, we decided to... Uh, host an event and we knew it would kind of turn some heads a little bit and which we kind of wanted to do and we called it the uh the protest on halloween and it was a it was a gamble it was a gamble for sure and we found this venue and they were ready to take the heat and i guess in the media this is kind of the address one question or a concern that the media brought up is we we didn't announce the location and it was it was kind of a strategic matter because we've seen things in the past and when events were trying to happen and in our own case, when we had announced a venue, um, a lot of people would call these venues and complain and you know, how can you do this? You're this and that. And these venues would back out. And so it was a strategic matter on our end, not to announce the location of the, the venue because we didn't want to bombard them with a bunch of calls. And uh, so the media ran with that big time. And they announced, uh, they put out a bunch of different articles and, you know, that it was going to be this dangerous event, but we were actually following all the COVID guidelines and we were going above and beyond like we were planning on doing with our other events that got canceled, you know, temperature, uh, temperature checks and all these other things. And the venue got pressured, um, through some different ways and we had to cancel the event. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it's like, we weren't, we weren't trying to, like Tanner was saying, we weren't trying to be like shady about not saying where it is. We literally sat down with this venue beforehand. We're like, yo guys, like we've seen it before. Uh, <laughs> there's some people out there that are going to, going to call you and they're going to be pissed and they're going to say, Hey, this is, this is ridiculous. Why would you allow an event to happen during the middle of a pandemic? And, uh, they literally said they didn't care over and over and over and over again. They said it didn't matter to them because they understood the importance of of like 
bringing people together during this challenging time of, of high depression, anxiety, suicide with the demographic that we're catering to. And they, and they totally caught the vision of that. And, and we went above and beyond in our planning. We weren't able to carry it out, but in our planning to comply with everything. And, and the thing is, we even have this, there's this packet that they give out for um, the COVID-19 guidelines. And we had it all filled out, but we were holding on to it. We didn't, we didn't give it to the health department yet because we were so fearful after the media ran all these negative stories. We're like, they're just going to find a way to get us anyway. They're going to find like a loophole or something in this, in this packet, even though we filled it out and we, we did so much detail that we actually ran out of space and had to staple extra papers to the back of it because we were so detailed in our plans. And it was, it was insane. And so the, the rule was you just had to submit it. It didn't have to get approved. You just had to submit it to show that you were going to follow the guidelines. And so we're like, okay, well, we'll submit it when the event gets close enough to, you know, make sense to submit it. And, uh, and in our marketing, even we had masks required, we had, you know, social distancing and, you know, granted there were, there were some things in there that, you know, we were kind of making some, some political statements. I'm not going to lie that basically was us expressing our hurt that we felt with the inconsistencies in the enforcement of these COVID-19 policies with regards to other events being allowed to do whatever they want to do and, and protests happening across the country with no masks and no social distancing and them not getting any backlash. And it was, you know, and, and it was very, very hard for us to see that. And so we decided to kind of take this approach and we're like, well, let's just call this a protest because we're literally protesting the fact that some events have been allowed to happen and some events haven't, despite the fact that they were doing everything possible to follow the guidelines. And uh, like Tanner said, we, we ended up losing the venue. And uh, Fox 13 in particular, Sydney Glenn, ran a hit piece on us and really just blasted the event before she even knew everything about it. And, you know, she wanted to talk to us and we didn't give her the time of day because we just knew. We saw some, uh, some, some other people in Provo that we don't, like we don't do events with them, but they were just getting blasted by Salt Lake Tribune and Fox 13. So we're like, oh, we're not going to, we're not going to go through this like they did. So we just ignored her. And it, it actually kind of made it worse, I think, where she's like, okay, well, if, you, if you're not going to talk to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come after you. And, uh, and she just ran all this stuff about the protests and how um, it was going to just be the super spreader and the guidelines weren't going to be followed, which is completely false. And what ended up happening is, is I got an email from the venue, that, the same venue that was like, oh, we're good. I don't care how many people call us to complain. We're going to do this thing and we're going we're gonna to make it happen. And they sent this email and they went straight to, hey, we have projects that we're working on next year that we need approvals for. And we're nervous that if we do this event, we're not going to get those approvals. And what that told me was there, there, was, there must have been some kind of conversation somewhere that kind of a wink, wink, you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't do this event. Um, I don't know what department it was. I don't know if it was the health department. I don't know if it was somebody from Utah County. I don't know, but... I have reason to believe that somebody in government pressured our venue to back out and they did. And so Tanner and I were like, well, it's like a week. What was it? A week? Like 12, yeah. Like 12 nine, days, nine, 10 days or something before. Oh yeah. Cause we went hunting. So, so basically we, when we lost the venue, we, uh, we didn't know what to do at that point. It was, it was barely over a week before the event. And, and, uh, we just kind of, 
thought about it and we reached out to a few options um and we actually ended up going hunting and and you know while we were up in the mountains we were trying to just come up with some kind of game plan and and in the back of our minds we felt like we were probably just gonna have to throw in the towel yeah and in the beginning of the of this podcast eric was talking how we love to do this you know this is like our passion and there were a ton of messages um of people like complaining and here's here's a couple of them that i just pulled up it said these these parties these parties are what helped me find my true self again i was in such a dark place before i started going to these awesome parties and it's something i look forward to you know and mental health is a huge thing like people love to socialize and meet new people and you know the back to school time every year is just the the events are just massive because people want to get out and meet new people and when that's not when you can't do that because of covid it it really affects you know the mental health of people and so we we knew this and this year we bought a lot of equipment and we wanted to do something just doing an event because we haven't been able to and so that kind of leads to halloween night well and, and on top of that like i mean tanner and i have a bunch of friends that um you know from the ages of like 22 to 30 and and we we've seen them all just like they, they're kind of deteriorating through this pandemic like i mean i can i can think of six or seven people that didn't even drink before the pandemic and now they're basically alcoholics and it, it's like very apparent to us that, that a lot of the stuff that took place during the pandemic a lot of the the removal of activities and 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 entertaining things to do and uplifting things to do it caused people to kind of turn to other not as productive things. And it's, it was, it was very eye opening, And, uh, and that's partially why we were like, this is, this is actually an important cause. It's not, it's not just us trying to flip a bird to the system. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to just bring people together because we know that it's healthy for people's people mentally. And, and we get messages like that when we actually, when we canceled tear in the mall, we probably had two, 300 messages from people like, oh, I'm so sad. We already got our outfits for this event and, and, and we, we've been looking forward to this all year and we were so hopeful that it was actually going to happen and I'm literally crying right now. Like, I, I'm not kidding. People sent like cry face emojis. They sent all kinds of stuff to us because this was something that they were looking forward to. The whole month of October, it's like everything is terrible and but we have stuff to look forward to. And when that was removed, it's like... We felt like we had a we had a safe Halloween. Yeah. We did. Yeah, and Halloween was on a Saturday this year, right? Yeah, I think yeah on the so Wednesday the twenty I don't I don't remember what day it is, but the twenty eighth we decided hey let's let's do something for Halloween for us and some friends, and let's do something just kind of just to have a normal night again. Well, and also also we felt bad because like we had a lot of people that bought tickets. And we just refunded them the money and said, too bad, so sad, sorry. And uh, we had influencers that were promoting for us. And we said, hey, I know you just spent all this time and effort promoting this event, but too bad, so sad. And so we also like, there were, you know, there were a couple hundred people we didn't want to let down. No, not a couple thousand, not however many thousand people think actually came to the thing that happened on Halloween, but there were a couple hundred people that were like, we want to give them something to do. And we're not going to charge for it. We're not going to profit from it. But like we literally let these people down. And this is like the third time we've let them down. Yeah. And so after receiving all those messages and, you know, and seeing people just want to get out, we, um, we decided to do something. We didn't have a venue. We didn't know 
where to where to do it. We just knew we had to do something. So on the 29th, October 29th, and I remember this vividly because on that day I actually got in a uh, a car accident. The morning of October 29th, uh, my buddy Tristan picked me up, and we were on our way out there, and he drove. That way I could, you know, invite some of these of our friends to come out to Halloween. Tristan, Tristan's a guy with the tribe tattoo, by the way. Yeah, he does have a tattoo. But we were driving out there, and uh, he went to pass the semi anyways on a two-lane highway, and we end up going off the road. And we went through a power line pole, and we rolled a bunch. And <laughs> You should we, have died. We, Yeah, I, I should have been a lot. I, yep, frankly, I should have died. And what did, what did the sheriff say? 95%? 99% of the 99. time, someone hits a power line pole going that fast, someone dies. Yeah. Neither Tristan and I uh, were seriously injured. Had some minor injuries, but... Um, well, you were having a hard time walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I split, uh, slipped some discs, pinched some nerves. And Eric, I texted Eric. Eric was actually the first person I called. I was and so then we, we started texting, and he's like, hey, do we still want to do Halloween night? And no, I, I said, I said, no, this means we're not doing it. Right. And I was like, no, we got to do it. I was like, there's people that need this and we got to do it. I was like, I'm going to be out. I can't, I can't lift much, but I'll find people to help us, you know, set up our stage and things like that. And we just got to do it. And so we moved forward with it. And then here comes Halloween night. Yeah. So man, um, where do you even start? Uh, so again, we had the protest on Halloween completely canceled. I just want to remind everybody that all tickets reimbursed, our porta potty reservation canceled, our generator reservations canceled, our our space heaters canceled, our venue they reimbursed us everything. I got I got documentation for all of this, right? So indeed, the protest on Halloween was completely canceled, and so Tanner he's out driving with Tristan, you know, finds a spot has an unfortunate accident and we said you know what we're gonna do it and uh again it's for those people that we've let down several times our friends our promoters and you know the people that have bought tickets to like four different events that we had to cancel on them we just felt so bad and and we you know we had a list of people it was probably like what 250 people long we're like we're gonna invite those people to this thing and we're going to keep it on the DL because we don't want the stupid media to jump all over us, including Sydney Glenn and Fox 13 News. And we want to make this thing actually happen. And we understood that afterwards there's probably going to be some backlash from the news, but we just really wanted to save Halloween for these people that have been just stuck in their houses and becoming so depressed and, and, uh, and discouraged because of the lockdowns and the social distancing. And we wanted to give them an opportunity to get outside in the great outdoors where they can actually spread out and socially distance and, and have a, a good time on Halloween night because everything else was getting canceled. They had nothing else to do. And so we set up all of our equipment and uh, I'm there working all day and Tanner, Tanner's hurting so bad, but he's, he's driving uh, loads back and forth from, um, from like Orem and American Fork and Provo and everywhere else all the way out to the venue. We had to do several trips and he's just kind of the driver all day. And, and, uh, and man, he was a trooper, but I'm, I'm on the scene with probably like seven or eight other helpers. I'm not going to say any names, but uh, it's like 3 p.m. and we're probably like 50% set up. And uh, all of a sudden we see this sheriff coming down the road, like pulling up and we're like, oh, okay. Well, we'll see what he has to say. And in the back of our heads, we're like, hey, I, I give it a 50% chance. He's going to say, just 
no guys like this ain't happening you guys can't do this out here whatever whatever and he pulls up and he rolls down his window he's like what's this like oh we're set you know and i don't want to i probably shouldn't we're, we're still under some legal investigation so i can't really say much but like the thing is he literally said verbatim to me don't worry don't worry i'm not here to bust your balls he said i'm not going to do anything i think it's cool what you guys are doing um if we get any calls we'll come back but have a nice day and he left. That's that's exactly what he said to me. And I was all of us looked at each other like, oh, dude, yo, we just got the thumbs up from the sheriff. Like our courage went through the roof after he drove off. We're like, dude, they're on our side. We're stoked. And then, you know, and again, we sent messages to probably 250 people and we figured, okay, they're all gonna bring a friend or two. So we're probably gonna end up with like five or six hundred people. And that would have been so perfect. It would have been intimate but yet enough room for everyone to space out and it would have been a vibe and we had this really professional equipment that we weren't able to use to make money on because everything else got shut down and in fact we actually spent money to make this event we bought waters we had to get gas for the generators we had to spend money on gas to get you know stuff out there we had we even rented a vehicle we spent money to make this happen there was no branding it was just simply some gps coordinates and some messages that were sent to some friends and to some promoters. And that's it. That is all it was. And uh, we were stoked because the sheriff, he literally gave us a thumbs up. It's amazing. And so, you know, nine o'clock comes around and uh, we start seeing some people pull through. And we're like, okay, cool. Like people actually, <laughs> some people are actually coming. Like this is, this is cool, man. Like um, we're going to at least save Halloween for somebody and come out and have a good time. And, and, uh, you know, more cars started flooding in. We're, like, feeling pretty good about it. Nothing looked like it was going to get crazy big at that point. And all of a sudden, I think it was, like, 9, 9.30, 9.45, my buddy comes down. He's like, he's like, dude, dude, like, there are, like, five sheriff deputy cars up at the top of the hill. This is before 10 o'clock for sure, 100% before 10 o'clock. I was like, okay, well, and I turned to, I forgot who I turned to. I turned to someone, I'm like, well, I mean, if they come down here, like, we'll just, and they ask us to shut down, we're just going to shut down. I give it a pretty good chance that they might just not be about this. Um, and maybe we're just going to have to call quits. It was a big waste of a day. That's what I'm thinking, right? And, you know, 10 o'clock rolls around, still no sheriffs. 10.15 rolls around, still no sheriffs. 10.30 rolls around, and uh, still no sheriffs. And And all of a sudden, cars are just flooding in, just I can't even tell. Like it was insane how many they're like just piling like on on the on the grass, and some of them were like parked sideways up on the hill. We're like, okay, this is not good. <laughs> we're starting to get a little bit of anxiety here. Still, no sheriffs. They're still at the top of the hill. Okay, cool. And people just keep coming and coming and coming. We're like, oh my goodness! And our DJs are just so hyped because this is like the biggest, coolest thing they've DJed for in like a year. Okay, not quite a year. Like what was that? Nine months? Eight months? And, uh, and it was like, it was really cool, but I was really anxious the whole time. Cause I'm like, nah, man, this many people were not supposed to show up to this thing. It was stressful. And, and, you know, they just kept coming and coming and coming And You know, again, the news, they're like the, the officer showed up and shut it down at 10 30 PM. False. That's when we were just picking up. It was just getting, it's like steam at 10 30 PM. And yeah, the sheriff's deputies were there at the top of the hill. And they were, you know, they were making sure everything was good. And at that time, everything was good. So it's not like they were slacking on the job. They had no reason to come down, you know? It, like, there was nothing of concern. We were out on some, some, 
you know, a place where people were allowed to come out and have a good time and they were allowed to park anywhere and, and, you know, they came on their own free will. And so it continued to get larger and larger and larger. And 11 o'clock rolls around and it is just, it is just popping and everyone's just blown out of their minds that this is even happening. Um, and I'm getting concerned at this point because I'm like, dude, there's, there's too many people <laughs> and they're still coming in the, and my, my friend came, my friend was like, like two, three miles down the highway and calls me and is like, Hey, like we're stuck. Like we can't, we're not even moving and we're out on the main highway. And, uh, what we found out is there were some accidents, but the accidents happened as people were arriving and the news got that wrong too. No accidents that I know of took place as people were leaving the event. They were happening when people were trying to get in. And still, the sheriff's up at the top of the hill. But they addressed those accidents, you know? That everything was getting taken care of. And so people people continued to flood in. And uh, at about 11.25 p.m., I it got to the point that it was too much. It was overwhelming. And it had gotten out of hand. You know, the 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 sheer numbers of people, it was just too many. And by the way... Um, nobody got hurt crowd surfing when some, when we see somebody crowd surf, we get on the microphone, we turn the music off. We say, get down because it's dangerous. It's not smart. It's not wise. The news just got it all wrong. Literally all of it wrong. And, and they just completely, completely tried to drag us through the mud, no matter what, no matter how, how dishonest they knew they were being And tenor. I'm sure you can add some stuff there. Yeah. And when the girl got injured, just to kind of chime in with that, we 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 stopped the event. Eric Eric turned off the music, got on the mic, and uh, uh, we we had to call nine one one. And first, we sent one of our buddies up to the top of the hill to get the sheriff um, because we knew we were there. We knew they were there, and uh, so they went and got the sheriff and said, "Hey, we got someone injured." Wait, say that again, Tanner. We we sent someone up to get the sheriff because we knew they were at the top of the hill. Because someone got injured and we need we need, we needed some medical assistance, and that's when they came down. And it was after eleven thirty p.m. when they started coming down that hill. Yep, and uh, we actually watched some of the footage today of the police cam, and they were coming down about eleven forty is oh, when they started yeah. coming down the hill. And um, so they came down. The music has been stopped, and after they went and got the sheriff, we tried to make a phone call, but because of th- the poor reception out there, and we tried calling nine one one. And with well, no, 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 we were trying to call nine one one while uh, our friend was running up the hill. That's yep, what it was. Yep. Yeah. And we weren't able to get through because of the poor cell service and the number of people that were out there. So we had everyone put their phones on airplane mode, and everyone followed. And we were able to get hold of nine one one, and they said we've been. Yeah, they already knew. They already knew, and. uh so the sheriff comes down, everyone spreads, and so they can get to it's the It's cool. Girl. It was like part in the Red Sea, actually. And, and this is, this is the reason this is important is because the media, the universities, the government, they have all made the 18 to, to 30-year-old just look like cattle. And I'm like, it is so frustrating to me because they just, they sit there and they just go off all the time about how this whole pandemic is is those people's fault and and they're such terrible examples and they need to they need to shit it's like these people they're good people like somebody got hurt at this event and they were so quick to respond and they just parted the red sea to let the ambulance through and 
And, and it was, it was honestly like, it was really cool to see. Like when we asked them to put their phones in airplane mode, everyone did it. And, and, and it was, it was there. That's a good group of people that just needed something to do that night. And, and they were thirsty for some social interaction that they've been deprived of for so many months. Yeah. And, uh, we had to call it. Erica officially canceled the event probably around 1155, 11 um, Yeah, that's when I sent them to their car. But we knew if everyone decided to leave at the same time that the ambulance wasn't going to be able to get out and the girl wasn't going to be able to get to the hospital, you know, quicker than... Yeah, anyways. So we sent everyone to the cars and we told them... To just remain there until the ambulance left. Just sit in their car so the ambulance, let, like, let the ambulance out first. And they all obeyed. They all obeyed. And the ambulance left. And then we began cleaning up. And the sheriffs were, were awesome. They were there. They responded. They took care of the girl. They, um, But they did not cancel the event. We were the ones to pull the plug and say, hey, this event's over. And... The sheriffs were chatting with us and we gave them our, you know, we gave them our licenses and, you know, they thanked us and they understood where we're coming from and they, they were really cooperative and, you know, I'm grateful for them. Yeah. Like, honestly, we love the law enforcement. And so that brings us to like the real, the real issue here um, and why we're talking right now. And it's because we have had some charges brought before us and we've had some hefty fines brought before us too. And, uh, you know, uh, David Levitt is the uh, Utah County attorney, and he's the one that's uh, that's pressing these charges. Um, the Utah County Health Department, the, pu- the yeah Department of Public Health, um, is issuing a total of sixty thousand dollars in fines, where the maximum for this type of an infraction, not infraction, this type of Class B misdemeanor that we're being charged with, is ten thousand dollars. So they found a sneaky way to try and uh, claim that there were more than one event host. And they, they, they snatched uh, six different fines on six different so-called event hosts and nine different misdemeanors on nine different so-called event hosts. And it, it's their way of kind of sending a message, I think. And, you know, David Levy, he's got a job to do, you know, and he's presented facts. And with those facts, he's getting a lot of pressure from the media. He's getting a lot of pressure from probably a bunch of different angles. And so, you know, he's he's I, I personally think he's kind of not like... I think this is a hard case for him to take on. I really do. Um, and, you know, I think that they are treating us unfairly. And I think that they are fudging the truth to fit a narrative. But uh, but what ended up happening is um, with these charges, um, they they held this uh, this press conference. And, and uh, don't ask us how, but we ended up getting the link to get into that press conference. And the news was so confused why... The people being charged were actually listening in on this press conference that was meant for just the media, and it was actually kind of funny because they were they were a little flustered by it, I think. Um, <laughs> and so the um, during this kind of uh, David Levitt went off and and started talking about kind of what the whole situation is and 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 why we were being charged. And one thing that he mentioned that was kind of hard for us to hear um, was that we profited from the event, and he mentioned it several times. And, uh, and it was like, are you kidding me? Like, you guys just spent probably tens of thousands of dollars trying to investigate us. They literally subpoenaed all of our Instagram accounts. They went through our messages. They saw my late night DMs and everything else. And 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 they still uh, ran with the narrative that we profited. And so one of the people that were on the call actually, um, he's actually our uh, our 
production manager, Marcus, he's in the room right now. He, uh, he jumped because he knew the situation and he just like had an honest question. He's like, Hey, like, are you aware that like, they didn't take any money at this event whatsoever. And you could see, I mean, I know I, I, I'm, I don't want to like, like get too off in the weeds here, but, but Levitt was just like, well, there's other ways of profiting. <laughs> and when we were watching that, we literally just like, what bro? Our entire business was taken from us. You guys didn't let us do a damn thing all year long. We lost everything. And we did this event at a loss because we felt like people needed it for the, the fact that they're all suffering from depression and all kinds of other problems. And they needed to get out and socialize. And they very well knew that. And it was very frustrating to hear that we profited from other in other ways. So I just want to really quickly address the fact that not only did we not make money on that event, not only did we lose every single event minus like a couple small dinky ones in 2020, but we also had a five-star rating that went down to one stars immediately when we were, we were hosting the protest on Halloween. We got contacted several times by the Better Business Bureau from people complaining about us. Um, by the way, my parents' address was listed publicly by some people on social media saying, do with it what you will, which is technically a felony in the state of Utah. And David Levitt hasn't investigated that as far as I'm concerned. Not only that, we had four. Okay, this is good. I counted the number of people that said, go kill yourself to me. And it was 14. Literally 14 people hit me up and said, go kill yourself for hosting this free event for people that actually wanted to come to this free event. We didn't twist any arms. We didn't try and coerce. And in fact, we dumbed down the marketing and only sent it to 250 people. Now, you know, when the news ran with all this stuff, we actually had a contract in place with Provo City Parks and Rec. And the day after all the articles came out, we just got an email from Provo Parks and Rec saying, hey, we're, uh, we're not going to do this event with you guys anymore. So profited, okay, we lost that gig. And then on top of that, we were slandered by the media. They told all kinds of lies and we were instructed to just sit there and be quiet because we were being investigated criminally. And that was one of the hardest experiences I've ever gone through in my life. So don't tell me anything about profiting on this event because that, sh that certainly didn't happen. So at this point, we uh, with $60,000 in fines and nine class B misdemeanors, we, uh, we decided to start a GoFundMe. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a risky approach to take. I get that because we're, you know, we're, we have criminal charges against us. But we have been beat time and time and time and time again. And we're just here saying, hey, guys, we've been wronged. And uh, we're here. We just want to raise some money to, to fight these charges. And, you know, if, if we end up having to pay these fines, to pay these fines. Um, and we just want to see this thing go away. Yeah. And we want to stand up for ourselves too. And it's, it's just ridiculous to see how unfairly we've been treated. Um, and, and I get that there are people that are concerned about this pandemic. And, and we feel like this pandemic is a very sad and tragic thing. We're not dismissing that. But, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. And just to kind of jump in on this press conference and um, that happened, um, David Levitt talked about, you know, BYU football games and how they follow the guidelines. And that's where they can happen. Well, Kind of like we were talking earlier, we tried hosting events following all the guidelines, and we weren't able to do it. And it, it, so I, it's very unjust in that way, because here we are, and all our events, we really try to go above and beyond, follow all the laws, get all our permitting, get our insurance, make sure 
you know, that it's a safe event. And on this Halloween night, yes, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Uh, more people turned out than we anticipated. And there were some issues, but that's because we weren't anticipating that many people. And we had a $0 budget. Like, we weren't making any money, so why would we go and drop a bunch of money on a bunch of things that we just couldn't afford to do? Yeah, and so, yeah, it, it, it may put a little bad look on us. But first and foremost, our the safety of our guests is... Is is priority. That's why we shut down the entire event when somebody got hurt. Yeah. We ended it. And so with that, and and, he, and David started talking about, you know, how he was sick with COVID for 18 days. And it's very unfortunate. A lot of people have suffered from it. But at the same time, it's like we've suffered all 2020, right? It's Did he have a problem putting food on his table? Did he, did he still receive a paycheck? I'm pretty sure he did, but we haven't. We yeah. haven't been able to make money. And when we follow the guidelines and we still can't make money, it puts us in a hard spot. And, you know, what What are we supposed to do? I got to eat. I got. So in December, I, I picked up a morning job at Costco from four to nine. So I can continue doing events and planning things for, you know, what I truly love to do. But it pushed me to a point where, yeah, I got to make some extra money. All right, guys, so uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to this. I hope we kind of cleared things up and we weren't just rambling all over the place. But um, we really do, like, appreciate those of you that have showed us support during these hard times. And if you if you do like what we've done and, and I mean, if you have some sympathy toward us, we'd appreciate you giving us a five-star rating, although I'm pretty sure our, our average rating might end up being one stars after uh, after this thing goes out because there are a lot of people out there that really just – just aren't happy with what we've done. Um, but uh, feel free to su- subscribe. We didn't anticipate actually starting a podcast till we sat down and started <laughs> kind of brainstorming this little uh, discussion here. And, and we decided it's time and, and we're going to start putting out more information. And we just want to clear things up. We just want the truth to be out there and we want people to be free. And so, again, feel free to subscribe. Give us some five stars. Show us some love. Donate to our GoFundMe. We got a lot of fines to pay. And and, uh, you know, we're coming off, off of a really rough year on top of it. So, again, we thank you guys so much and, and uh, hope to meet you guys in person someday at an event.